Thank you for joining the Roche Republic podcast. In our 10th episode, your host Adrian Klee is joined by Franziska Weisbach and Bastian Limberg to discuss financial well-being. Franziska is a corporate entrepreneur within the strategy and business development team at ING, and Bastian is the ex-head of human-centered marketing at Deutsche Bank and the co-founder of a tribe called Humans, an innovation agency. The podcast dives deeper into the topic of financial well-being or how people feel about the control they have over their financial future and their relationship with money. The discussion touches on what the term financial wellness means and continues into why regulators and financial services providers should recognize human-centric approaches in finance as a big opportunity to create meaningful societal change. Here's Adrian Clare from Roche Republic kicking off the podcast on financial well-being. Uh, hi, this is Adrian from Ross Republic. Today I'm joined by two great guests, Franziska Weisbach as well as Bastian Lindberg. Um, Franziska works as corporate entrepreneur within the strategy and business development team at ING. One of her key topics is human experience design, which means developing innovative value-added services, experiences as well as offers for people that make ING's claim tangible in the future. Beyond that, she has co-funded FINE, an open ecosystem of FINE services that substantially improve the financial well-being of the European society. And I think we will also uh, dive a little bit deeper into your new project, Francisca. So great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. And um, Bastian is a creative brand and business strategist, as well as human-centered design practitioner with over 15 years of experience working at the intersection of brand, customer experience, innovation, and culture. He's also the co-founder of a tribe called Humans, a human-centric strategy and innovation agency. And previously, Bastian was head of human-centered marketing at Deutsche Bank. So thanks a lot for joining today, Bastian. Thanks for having me. Um, as always, the first question would be maybe to Franziska. Has it been like a banking or fintech related news that um, you found very interesting um, very recently? Yeah, I think uh, currently everybody is searching um, highly for a new business model services, any cool setups and way how to really shape the future of banking. And um, one thing what I really um, observe and what I really like is that um, some smart guys from the startup business um, recently joined the Deutsche Bank uh, universe, the retail yeah. banking. So they are trying out how to get their new energy in. And on the other side, their former head of uh, digital business um, just joined Penta. So this is a quite interesting move what's going on there. And uh, beside that, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this new consortium called ID Union, formerly known as Lizzie, was born at Mein Incubator from, from Commerzbank. And now it's, I think, 20 different banks and brands, tech companies, and they together want to create a new digital identity. And it's um, also that okay. the Wirtschaftsministerium joined them with some funding. And to me, it's really interesting to see if that works. It's everything based on blockchain technology. And let's see if this big hope on collaboration is really yeah, the success for the future. So to me, it's interesting to see what's going on. And I really love being part of the financial industry and looking for future business models. It's the place to be. That's my feeling currently. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Actually, what you mentioned about the digital identity, is that some sort of digital blockchain based, uh, you know, ID verification or KYC? Yeah. Okay, it's, that's it's, it's 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 uh, on a digital identity, and these um, I think twenty partners. Um, I think they today launched the big um, okay. press release. Um, 
Um, they want to create um, several uh, use cases, everything based on blockchain and everybody will develop one piece. Um, yeah. But it's really about identities, digital identities. Okay, that's so, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually talked to a founder in Berlin yesterday who told me exactly about this idea that he, he had the idea that someone should found this like blockchain based KYC uh, as a service. Um, and he, he was of the opinion that this would be, uh, you know, a massive success if someone would do it. And I was thinking, oh, actually, we should maybe launch something like this. But now, uh, apparently, someone else has, <laughs> has done it. What, yeah. what, yeah, but I think there's um, there's room for plenty of smart brains. So um, if you want, sure. I can connect you with the people there. Sure. Yeah. And Bastian, um, what about you? Is there anything that comes to your mind? I think for me, it's, it's not one particular news um, that comes to my mind. I think it's more of a, of a topic. And I know that you are talking about it a lot as well. And it's the whole idea of embedded finance. Um, yeah. I find it quite interesting also in regards to the topic of our conversation today, because I'm quite intrigued to a find out whether it's got to be a curse or a blessing from a customer perspective and from a financial well-being perspective. But I think it does provide an interesting opportunity, you know, to embed um, kind of decision points in our consumer decision journey that could be designed to, you know, nudge our behavior more towards maybe financial decisions that are positive for us and, and for our well-being. So um, mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting, I think, how it's going to be used. And I think also, you know, opening up to non-financial businesses to think about those moments could also be an extra opportunity because maybe they are sometimes a bit closer to, you know, kind of human mm -hmm. human needs and um, the interest of, of doing something that's better for us than traditional banks, maybe historically are um so that's yeah. a topic that i'm that i'm quite intrigued by and i i pick up a lot at the moment mm -hmm. awesome yeah um, my news would be basically um klana um i think everyone knows it the buy now pay later uh, firm um, that has been very successful in the past actually raised one billion dollars of new funding and they're now um, valued at over 30 billion um which is huge for you know european based fintech company um, which I think is in general, which I thought was uh, amazing that it kind of shows that you can still build big global financial companies out of Europe. Um, and also in, in kind of I've, after doing research for our topic today, which I shortly will talk about, um, I found out that there actually are a lot of, um, you know, um, like analysis on buy now pay later and how that affects, um, you know, the, the relationship people have with debt. Um, and especially Klarna is using influencers like, like Snoop Dogg and so on to make it basically cool to use debt or kind of debt products uh, when purchasing um, new things. And um, yeah, so they have fallen under a lot of kind of criticism for that, that they use branding and use modern marketing tactics to, to basically sell consumer credits without being regulated as a consumer credit issuer because they're using some clever you know legal tactics to avoid it um which i think is um yeah is heavily affecting especially young people that use klana um how they deal with money um and um that that basically brings us to the topic of today which is financial well-being financial wellness um which um, is something that i was actually hoping to find a lot on online um uh, however, there was not that much, and if there was something, and the studies had been quite old, 
uh, and or it, it was basically a blog post uh, from number 26, <laughs> which does a great job in being on, you know, ranked on Google about financial well-being. So they apparently want to teach customers uh, about that a little bit, at least. So I would ask you as a first question, maybe Bastian, what's like, how would you define financial well-being, this whole concept around it? How, what does it mean for you? It's uh, definitely not an easy, easy question. I think it's quite complex when I think about it, but um... I, I would probably describe it as being able to always make financial decisions that are in your best interest, yeah. which has two two sides to me. The one side for me is about the self-efficacy, you know, um, so the confidence in your own ability to, yeah. to make the right judgment and to have full control over how you earn, save and spend money. Um, and, and the flip side of that, I think, is then also enablement and you know, for me, that would be around the means to actually facilitate my decisions, whether that's <clears throat> access to resources or the right tools or, or having gaining the right knowledge and understanding. Um, so for me, that those would be the kind of the two sides mm -hmm. of financial well-being. Yeah, makes sense. Well, what about you, Francisca, from a banking perspective? Uh, if, uh, you know, if you see a customer and, you know, other certain factors where you would say, okay, this person is now like uh, if very well in terms of their financial situation. Is there a financial well-being definition that you use? Um, I think for um, they mainly say then it's the financial healthy customer is who has um, a proper saving rate. So he has yeah. everything like the um, everything you need for your daily life. When the washing machine broke star um, breaks, um, that you can buy a new one. It's about having bigger investment that you're well prepared and it's for everything for your later life that you're also well prepared. So this is more the rational thinking, but um, nobody is thinking about that. Um, Sparkasse is trying since I think more than 20 years with yep. this um, Altersvorsorge, so the panic thing, and everybody mm -hmm. has panic about it. Nobody has it truly under control. So for me, this is why I came up with this um, better talking about financial well-being, having that feeling that you are fine, that everything feels like it's okay. I'm in a state of mind where I'm not stressed mentally, physically about um, money, but that I'm so fine, have everything like Bastian mentioned under control and it's yeah. nothing that's always top of mind. Um, no, you can live your life to the fullest, how you like it and the money is under control, but it's not this every day checking hundreds of spreadsheets, if all the accounts are fine, if everything is working well, no panic. So for me, this is um, this situation of feeling fine and ready to live your life to the fullest. And yeah. behind it is that you have your money under control. Yeah. But it's not just the numbers. And that's the interesting fact. When you dive deeper into that fact, what does money mean to our life? There's a lot of unconsciousness. It's about these mental statements that you've learned from your family, from your parents, grandparents, like you have to work super hard to earn money. You can't earn money just by having fun. That's not okay. And there is a lot what you project on money. And um, this is everything that comes together with financial health so that you feel that easiness of life. That's um, my definition. And that yeah. directly broadens the whole idea of what offers are possible what kind of services do people need and we directly come to that point it's not your money management app exactly. because people who feel really stressed about money and have a bad relationship will never have a deeper look in their money management app 
So yeah. Um, yeah, to me, it's a really a huge variety of offerings and, and situations in people's life. But yeah. the big idea of you feel okay, you feel fine, you feel ready for the next. That's that's awesome. I think that's also related to what I found out as like if you're not stressed about financial, you know, your financial situation, basically it's also not really connected to how much you make, but rather how you know um, if your burn is basically lower than what you get on let's say a monthly basis. So I think you it's it's not you don't need to earn like millions per year in order to be financially well or you know to, to have this peace of mind it's it's also i think a very like personal question how much do you need and and how much do you spend and you know what's the perfect um, number that you need to earn um, in order to make it sufficient um, and also another point of view was a life cycle question in terms of um, when i was researching i think this whole financial well-being topic is also a question of um, your life stage and life events um, because obviously if you have an apprenticeship or a study or you're beginning to study, maybe you're taking on some debt or it's financed by your parents, but that's, that's when you're basically thrown into this whole financial management world where no one has been prepared so far. You don't learn it actually at school. So, so there you need to manage your finances. And after that, you have like this, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 year period now where you're working or somehow generating income, or you have to, because you know, people are getting older. Um, and that's the whole period on its own where you need to learn how to save enough for the third period, which is retirement. So a whole long period of accumulation of wealth. And after that, you maybe transition into retirement. And then it's all about, okay, how much you have X amount of euros on your bank account. How long can I live off this? Like 20 years, 15 years. So it's, um, I think then suddenly a whole another set of questions comes into play about how to how to achieve financial wellness. So it's obviously a huge topic. Um, so I think we can only concentrate on a few few aspects of it. But um, what you already mentioned is very interesting about the you know physical as well as mental stress, which which money can you know how many can money can affect people. Um, and I checked a few statistics um, and around like over 10 million employed persons in Germany could not uh, actually pay for unexpected expenses over a thousand euros. And I was quite shocked because you usually hear that from like countries that might not have such a good welfare system in place. And it's also a big issue in developed countries like Germany, for example, in the middle of Europe. So um, how do you see that whole debt topic? Um, because related to that debt, there are studies that show that this is also related to mental illness. So people that have a lot of debt and are always dealing with that kind of financial stress, there are correlations that this also affects their physical well-being, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Um, how do you see like this whole debt topic? Is that because I think that's one of the key drivers of, you know, financial wellness? So I think it starts with um, not being well educated about what does money mean and what is the value behind it it's the value that you give to it and how you create a good relationship how you spend um, how you um, spend money how you keep it how you save it um, it's about your daily habits and um, a lot of people still um, lack a good relationship with it and um, nobody teases it or triggers it so that you start a conversation about it um, I think that's so interesting. In Germany, nobody would talk about their income. So this is my salary. When yeah. when you ha um, this is in under in other cultures, it's so 
So um, interesting to see they will directly open up their banking account and show you in their many, uh, money management app the cool new features. And there you see everything, all the numbers, like the mortgage, everything is open. And we yeah. are always like, no, we're not talking about money. Even my best friends don't know how much I earn. And um, uh, this is really interesting because money is just um, the expression of your own character and it shows where you have some um some 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 gaps where you're yeah. just not well trained um, or where you need to get some more education and information and work on your inner beliefs and um debt for sure is one thing so we know from um studies um from the european statistics that um on average i think 42 percent of the european society would not meet month end so that okay. means they collect uh, debt and they bring it always um just with their current account and they have bad interest um bad rates on it mm -hmm. so it's just adding every month and um how to get out there so it's really so super tough to yeah. to reduce your debts and um then there's other people who think like i just live once so i should have the best life ever immediately so yeah. they would never understand that maybe they should save just a little bit and then spend whenever they can afford it and yeah. show them easy tricks so um there is a lot um that needs to be done and um i think last week they just um came up with the la latest numbers for germany on the depth studies and um the huge thing is that more and more older people have super huge um Okay. Um, money gaps and um, so we are en um, ending with a big problem of um, um, poor seniors um, and yeah. um, the thing is it's easy to build up some um, um, uh, pensions um, and provisions for later when you're 20 or 30 but yeah. thinking about something that you need to grow when you're 50 plus it's kind of not affordable um, yeah. i think it's like 50 euros per month when you're 20 plus um equals 750 euros per month when you're 50 plus to come up yeah. with at least i think closing the small gap um okay. and this is something if people have no money they can't afford additional 70 um 750 euros so ah, this is really you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into that problem when you start once with mm. having debts so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the I, I totally, point. totally agree to to what you're saying, Francisca. And I think that's maybe also why it's so difficult because you've got to look at the whole system, right? I think it, it's not a coincidence we, that we're now hearing the term of financial well-being or financial health more and more because I think it's very related to, you know, health in general. And when you think about living healthy, it, it's really it's it's not about the mathematical equation you know of what goes in and what goes out but it's really about the relationship we have not just with money but at the end if you really look into it with ourselves so in a way you could say our own evolution is part of the problem you know because we are receptive to status and power uh, but we're also vulnerable in the sense that things we can do with money can boost positive emotions you know for a short time it's like sugar or i don't know alcohol or, or all those things so, and i think if you really want to kind of getting control of that you all you in a way kind of need to be able to control your own kind of mechanisms you know to, to your yeah. impulse and 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 all of that so education as, as francisco said i think is a very key part but also obviously you know politics and economics and and as long you know as there 
are enough people that can, you know, earn money with our vulnerabilities, so to say, then there's always going to be a temptation um, for people. And yeah. I can, I, I can tell from a very personal uh, perspective, you know, I've, um, I've never been particularly good, I think, with with money. Um, I just find it really hard to get my head around the concept and, and the numbers and, and stuff like that. And when I was younger, um, I was also in, in the position that I I tended to always spend more money that I that I had and that I earned, and it created stress. And it only when I started actually to talk about it to so to what you said, Francisca, you know, that it, kind of opening up to asking for help, um, and and then finding out, okay, you know, there there's ways to figure it out and to kind of get back into control when people help me and so on. So it's a it's a whole approach, you know. But I think there's such a there's also such a shame related to it to to open up about it um and, and to accepting for yourself but then also in front of others that maybe you're not living up to that uh, what in our society is, is supposed to be the norm you know uh that's that's quite hard i read some uh study a couple of years ago i think in in, in the tight newspaper about the health of relationships um in younger couples and there was an interesting correlation which said that the more young couples were able to talk openly about their finances, the more likely they would have uh, a good, satisfying relationship and, and yeah. a lasting relationship, you know. Um, so I find that really interesting because it's so intertwined with our, I think, general um, concepts that we have about ourselves and about other people and about our role in our community. Um, yeah. Money is a big factor yeah. in all of that. Absolutely. I think that's interesting uh, what you say now here, because um, I think it's also a German thing to, uh, you know, that everyone gets um, um, the, the lesson early on that you should avoid debt for some reason. And if you ask uh, colleagues or friends from the US, it's you need debt like to have a normal life there. So it's I think that's one like a very, very culturally influenced topic in that sense that if you're OK with debt or not and, and if you know and how to use it. I would also be interested, just as a one follow-up question to Bastian, like how do you see it now from a marketing perspective? What the new fintechs are doing? That because by now, pay later, for example, is booming even globally, um, and it's cool to to use it, like to have this colorful debit card, which you, which you know, which you can um, show and, and and use, and then split up your payments and 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 basically uh, use those consumer products that that are kind of debt in a sense. Mm. Is it, is it dangerous? Is there some responsibility that marketers should have related to that? Well, it depends from, from whose angle you look at it. So I think from, yeah. a, from a consumption point of view, it is definitely making it easier for people to, um, to spend over their uh, actual possibilities because those are mechanisms that just reduce our impulse control. And if you look at, look at it through behavioral economics, um, the signs clearly shows you that people who are paying with with cards or, or now in, in digital ways um, are are far less likely for example at the end of the month to be able to properly estimate what their monthly spending was versus people yeah. who are tra who are who are maybe still um, paying with more more cash and now add to that the ability to go beyond what you actually have because people make it easy for you to you know to to go into debt um 
that becomes even more tempting and you know and, and then we have this we have this optimism bias as people right where we just think okay well you know i'm just gonna go a little bit ab above this month but next month i'll just make it up you know i'll just kind of double yeah. or or i don't know like i'm just gonna be hopeful that this new project will come in and it will bring some extra money or th those kind of things so we're just basically um pushing uh the consequences uh, ahead um but quite often then those positive events don't come as we were hoping for or, or mm. anticipated when we originally made the decision. So then the problem becomes even bigger. Um, and I think that's, so I, I would definitely hope that, you know, the, the providers of those services feel a responsibility to um, design solutions that would actually support our financial well-being. But I don't think that's the case yet because the incentives that they have, <laughs> they're, they're very different, right? So uh, yeah. I, I think the really purpose-driven businesses in that area aren't, aren't that many. And so there's a lot of private capital behind it. There's a lot of investors and they want to see the return for their for their money. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of a contradiction in terms of the, the interest, I would say. There's quite a big conflict yes, there. To me, um, mm -hmm. this is a really risky thing because I think there is some people who can afford to make dabs to say, um, buy now, pay later. They have kind of control or at least an overview about their wallet. So they see, okay, um, this part is something where I can pay back later and there is still a bit budget in it so I could afford it. So this is a decision under control. It's not just a very spontaneous, unconscious decision. Um, but there's others who totally get out of control. So they buy everything and they can't pay back and um, that will stress them. And at the end, it will stress us as a society. So to me, um, I would at least hope that it is not just this click that button and then it's done and you're there in your own personal stress situation, but a bit more about, okay, just think twice. Um, are you sure that you need it? So not you don't have to con um, buy everything. I know um, not every retailer would love it when I come up with that topic. But um, and the second thing is just think, is this the right moment? Can you afford it? And um, I think with that, um, like a mortgage is also just time-wise, um, just a debt. You have a loan for some time, but it's for a bigger investment. So there's a whole strategy behind. And you can also see people who can afford it, that they feel stressed because now they are dependent to, to somebody. And I think we need to talk about that model a bit more. And for me, it's a lot about demystifying. So just talk a bit more make people clear just not put always interest rates into it but maybe like um, um, a, a budget plan or the wallet plan and show uh, do you is this um, yeah. in line with your personal income and spending behavior so um, it's a bit more like understanding mm -hmm. the co complexity and at the end it will always be about your beliefs it's about education and it's about your personal habits and whenever you want to reach well-being you have to trigger all three of them otherwise it won't come um, to a healthier status would you say then like the responsibility to drive these things forward is on the provider side or more on the consumer uh, i think side? the consumer um, um somebody who is uh, in that i need to shop and indulge myself there is nothing where you could say hello stop i think it must be with the yeah. provider and um I would love to have a longer chat with Klana. 
because um, I, I, I like the smartness <laughs> of their service. I really like it. It is fabulous. Uh, but the yeah. question is about the responsibility. And I would love to understand the consequence out of their buy now, pay later, one click button. So what happens over time? Do they really get um, the, the money back? Or do they get people into real yeah. financial problems? Um, and for me, it's a question yeah. about responsibility also as the big brand um, offering something to people to say, um, it's even with Coke, you don't want to have that people die by because of drinking every day a gallon of Coke um, and um, killed by sugar and caffeine. So a bit of responsibility from all sides is needed. Yeah. And just building on that, I think also that the, I mean, I totally agree, you know, the, the, the service providers, they, they need to feel a responsibility to create more consciousness. And in a way, I think it should be looked at as an element of sustainability as well, you know, and, and banks are all over it, but very much from a just kind of an environmental perspective. And I think looking at the, the well-being of a, of a society is so related to um, how, how well, you know, the, the financial um wealth is, is distributed and so on so i think there there should be much more focus on on that part of, of creating sustainable communities um but i also think in a, in a way that's that's wishful thinking uh, like in many other categories so i think the public sector has a very big role to play here as well and i don't think they're doing it enough to to francisca's point again about education for example you know um so i think there needs to be almost a counter force in in the whole conversation like with i don't know take driving you know so the the car manufacturers they're not doing the driving education you know that's brought in from um from the um policy maker or, or yeah. i don't know you know things about um physical health you know uh, think about the, the campaigning against smoking and i know you know that's taken a long time but it's had finally a big impact you know and so in a way I think this is a third element, you know, of course you have the providers, you have the consumer themselves, but there needs to be almost a, a more neutral moderator. But then again, of course, how neutral can they be? Um, yeah. I just don't think that the policies that are in place, like ticking a couple of boxes in a questionnaire before you make an investment decision, that's not going to do the trick, you yeah. know? So it needs to be, um, yeah, much more about raising raising human beings and, and, and like adults that have already learned a lot. And then yeah. even then, I, I like that idea, you know, before you make certain decisions, do you have to, I don't know, do whatever so that you can kind of reflect yourself, okay, is that really going to be the right decision for me? And so how can we nudge behavior um, more towards maybe, yeah, well financial decisions yeah. um, i think that's an interesting question absolutely and and i think francisca let's maybe then go directly into the topic of fine um the initiative that you have started um i think that's something that, that basically summarizes like or it would be great to first of all hear what what it is about um because we now talked about the providers the consumers um and maybe there should be some other initiatives that you know kickstart the the development of new um, services that foster financial well-being, maybe also for specific segments in society. Um, so I would be very interested also to talk about 
find and what you're like what triggered you to start it and what what do you want to achieve thank you yeah so what triggered me that was when i had a look into the numbers about mm, financial health or well-being in the european society and that is at the end that 94 percent of the humans in europe feel financially stressed um, and yeah. that means i think it's um i mentioned already the 42 percent that won't meet month end and this is not just with the low incomes this is also with the high incomes And then we have 44% who have that feeling of uh, once in a while they have this feeling like, damn, do I have really everything safe for retirement? Can I afford my lifestyle I live currently? Can I just chop a nice pair of shoes or go for a lovely weekend somewhere? Or will I have a very poor, sad life? Um, and then we have 8% that are just not having any regular incomes. Um, and financial stress is a topic. And um, yes, we're clear, it's based on these three pillars. So it's the beliefs, it's the habits, and it's the education. But at least for the habits and the tools, how you could get into control, um, when you then look into my own industry, um, we offer when you're financially stressed, um, just alone. <laughs> that's it. And um, okay, that's already it's yeah. a solution for sure. But it's nothing that helps you to get in control, to do anything that prevents these situations or that helps you to overcome and to shape new habits. As I mentioned already, we have lovely money management apps all over the place um, with less or better um, features. But people who are really stressed, they keep it away. They, they don't want to get in touch with it. So yeah. um, I was looking and I did lots of research, just checking if I find any cool new services in our startup, FinTech, Neobank um, initiatives. And the interesting thing is um, there is a lot out in the market where we see cool services that just copy existing business models in a far better experience, really yeah. from a human perspective, without the legacy um, and with cool new technologies but there is really nothing on financial services um so i thought it would be good um to bring all the insights the behavioral economics and that um true human experience design expertise i'm bringing with me so being really in the seat of the human from their perspective saying okay this is my problem take me serious and help me getting out of that problem until I finish the problem and don't sell me yeah. unneeded things um, and um, yeah. get people into touch because I truly believe every service that is solves a human problem that touches people's heart and creates new habits that creates relevancy and that is business at the end. So there is lots of things and yeah. um, We just came up with one simple formula when we create services that and digital services that enable people to make better financial decisions um, then we get all um, financially healthy all over the place and we'll reduce heart um, attacks and depressions and everything that's going on currently. Um, so um, there is a simple formula. Um, we want to create services that help people to put 10 cent per euro spent into their personal financial well-being because this 10 percent this is the regular formula where you say 10 um, percent that's first for the um, nest egg then it's for um, um, all the savings yeah. that you need to do 
So that gives you this fine feeling. And um, what we see over the last six months, um, the topic is um, growing. Um, so we are in touch with lots of really fabulous, also thanks to you guys, um, startups that are um, deeply into it. A lot come from very specific um, topics. So there is a lot on uh, closing the gender pay gap, like Alice app, making people to invest. We have Rookie with Pace Up Invest. She's also with uh, female advisors supporting women to take care, take control over their own finances. Um, and um, what we we are now doing, or I'm now doing, is really getting in touch with this founder's energy and helping them to really shape super relevant services. And one is my big dream, yeah. having that retirement, um, I call it in German, Altersvorsorge akut. So something when you're 50 plus, you see you have a huge gap for retirement, how to close it, finding, creating new approaches and also new products. And the second thing where I see a huge um, potential is, and you mentioned that situation is when you get out of school, out of home from your parents, start your own life, and now you're responsible for everything. And it's this how much control and security versus just live your life, enjoy your life, have your own treatments, indulge yourself. So how to find a good balance and their money plays an essential role. And it's so important to come up with good services because what we see the gen set is not connected with traditional or the current banking yep. services. So um, this is what triggers yep. me, reducing this 94% who are not in control and coming up with really new services that do not feel like a typical, oh, we are talking about money, finance, I have to do the boring stuff. I'm never ahead of that problem. So um, to create a good feeling and bring people into that status of feeling fine. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's great. When you talk about 10% uh, goes into financial well-being, is, does it mean just like saving and investing? investing or something, <laughs> For something me, else? something else. It's savings in the traditional way. No, because you won't get any money back. Mm. It's the interest okay. rates is so poor and banks would say everything above Yep. 10,000 K and um, 10,000 euros. No, thanks. Go away. So, and not everybody is ready for the yep. stock market and also robot advice and ETFs is not good for everybody. So this is, um, why, um, I'm currently looking for new players who come up with, um, sustainable investment products, assets, um, sustainable regarding it could be um, with um, the carbon footprint, but it could also be like ethic, correct investments. It's about the whole setup of risk yep. um, um, affinity and um, also how long you want to keep it somewhere. Is it long term or just for the next weeks um, or on a day basis? So that um, is also okay. part of it. And that's the tricky thing. Um, coming up with fine services and creating that ecosystem where players from the financial old financial industry, the existing startups, but also maybe retailers join new services. Um, that's the big picture where they create a full new value for people's life. 
um, the deeper you step into it, the more you see that we need other things. And that's, for example, all the investment products um, that are really needed. So okay. it's getting quite complex. Absolutely. Um, and just one, one, one follow up related to that, uh, because I think that's very interesting if you're in the industry and the more time you spend inside an industry, usually you're having this tunnel vision on, you know, the norms and the standards. And even I, when looking back, when I worked at Holvi, which was serving uh, also an interesting segment, uh, which are freelancers and very like micro businesses, um, which are usually or do, especially in Germany, if you're having a business or if you're a freelancer, um, you need to take care of your own pension usually because you're not, um, you know, using um, maybe state solutions and stuff like that. So, you, so that's a very big topic for them. But I noticed when I was working there, I never even thought about the possibility that you should maybe completely rethink the whole product that you're offering to these segments. It was always about accounts, payments, cards. And lending and 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 accounting and that kind of stuff. So and and everyone was talking about it and and the whole, I mean, it was in some, uh, you know, the, it was innovative or it, there was some innovation process behind it, of course. Um, but rethinking your financial health was never really part of it, or rethinking the, the user's financial health. Um, so I think that's that's interesting that is, that especially someone who sees it from inside the industry to kickstart initiatives um, that change change products that, that really take into account how to boost the financial wellness of a user. I'm not sure how you how you felt about it, Bastian, when you were working in finance. Um, if if that was part of your thought process, even to really think about um, yeah financial well-being in that sense. But I think you mentioned before already it's. Uh, uh you you when you joined the industry it was also eye-opening in the sense that you were looking at it at it from your personal perspective and saw that this tunnel vision exists in the industry for sure totally that was that was um absolutely my experience and i think also maybe to some surprise because i i joined i came into the industry really with with little financial knowledge and, and financial service background and and really more kind of through human-centered design lens and um, probably, uh, you know, subject to my personal experience, my view is really like, okay, how can we help people really kind of feel better around money? And this, I, I just realized over time, I think that traditionally there, there isn't really an interest and not even for startups, I think, to to completely align to those needs because they are, as, I, as we, I think, you know, iterated early on, there is a there is a conflict there to their interests in terms of going where the money is and and yep. where the opportunity for for new growth is, and I think you know that that's more in um, obviously spending and um, spending more and and now you know saving isn't interesting anymore so it's it's around investing and all of those things come come with more risk to to the end user or the the, the consumer. And um, I think there needs to be either a change there and more people like Francisca, you know, like who, who, who come from the yeah. system and say, we need to make a difference. And I think you see that in, in other categories uh, as well. Like, I don't know, you look at um, electric vehicles and, you know, it's taken a while, but now a lot of traditional automotive companies, they are behind it. And you have people inside those organizations who are driving the agenda and try to be, um, uh, really um, pushing pushing it forward so I think hopefully this will this will happen but uh, uh, that's why I also really like what Francisco is doing with fine you know I think there needs to be platforms for others to join 
not just the conversation, but also the solution space, you know, and I'd like to see, I don't know, uh, health companies or, or insurances going into that or, or education um, yeah. providers going into that, you know, who, who understand that financial well-being is, is, is going to be a fundamental part to, uh, to our, our humanity, I think, in, in, in the end, you know, because it's, if, if there is increasing inequality in that it'll create more tension and and so on so i mean i don't want to create a dystopia <laughs> but that's why i think there is an interest for far more um players in in, in our um economies than just financial service providers to actually go into that space and now through the whole kind of open banking system the opportunity yeah. has never been bigger so I'm, I, I look at it quite hopeful um, because it is a problem that needs that needs solving, I think. And again, one of the things that I found, and just to uh, to wrap that up from my end, is also understanding very back to Francisco's point in the beginning. It's not about a mathematical equation. You know, you yeah. see the struggle across all um, income groups. Uh, you know race gender age like it's not related to it's not a problem of one particular group of people yeah i think this this is something that also banks haven't really appreciated because they always look at it through the lens of people who are already financially savvy i would say predominantly yeah. and and the other half of the population they just get kind of uh, <laughs> um, left behind yeah. you know and then they have yeah. to to live with solutions that are just not really made for them mm -hmm. That's a really interesting point. I think also being conscious of the time and what you mentioned, uh, both Bastian and Francisca, I, I think there's so many different topics where we could talk for hours. Um, you, you, you know, you brought up so many, so many of them, but also maybe for the listeners, I just wanted to drop a few things um, as some inspiration to think about, which is, um, you know, the, the segment of um, people that transition from working life to pension um, and especially related to COVID, um, an interesting fact that I found sadly was that um, related to the German market now that one in three fears that their pension that they have built up will lose value due to falling prices and lower returns. And even among the households that earn up to 2,500 per month, it's 50% that think, you know, the pension that they've built up so far will definitely lose value. And it's unclear um, if that is enough once they reach the pension age. Um, then another interesting fact was that last year, the at-risk poverty rate in Germany, and you need to think about this is, you know, the biggest economy in, in Europe, was um, 16%, uh, which is super high. So something must be wrong, obviously, in the system. Um, and another one uh, which is related to that is then obviously the demographic trend that we will have, you know, there's this whole pension time bomb even where you will have at one point um, in 2040, 2050, which is now obviously a long time frame, but there will be way more uh, like a huge segment that is quite old and a very you know thin segment that is working and and needs to finance this whole um you know the pensions of these people and how that works will be a big question um and then lastly um uh, a study by asset manager columbia threadneedle um has found out that in germany the uk and italy um that the relationship between uh, women and finance was quite difficult uh, so especially women are like a, a segment apparently that um, kind of uh, has not access to the right financial products out of, uh, you know, different reasons. Um, and uh, one of that was, for example, that just under a quarter, a quarter of women in Germany own investments, 
and men own twice as many uh, or like tw twice as many men own investments. Um, so that's that's I think already shows an interesting fact. Um, as well as 37% uh, of the women state that they have never, that they have neither financial reserves nor investments. Um, so yeah, there's, and especially among women that retire, almost half say that they have no savings or investments at all. And and it's, it's, it is kind of a vulnerable group, of course, because I think especially in Germany, a lot of women just spend a lot of time not really working because if you have kids and so on, and they are out of the working working class and so on. So, so um, yeah, there, there are a lot of um, solutions that are needed for a lot of different segments. So, you know, women, people that enter the workforce that might need maybe a, what you know, Bastian, to your point, a, a financial driving license or something like that. Once you get your first paycheck, a, a sort of, you know, um, training how to how to deal with your finances. Um, you know, uh, people that reach pension, the pension age, and a lot of different sub-segments and use cases, uh, I think, are, are in, have a very big need for financial services that help them out. So um, it's great to initiate the discussion, but I think talking about solutions and all the other implications will take quite a lot more. So I think it's, it's great to have you both on the podcast to talk about these things. Yeah, and I think it shows what you just described, the different, the variety of needs that um, this approach of typically the the industries, um, how they act currently, this one size must fit all, won't work any longer. So we need to become more specific to different living situations. And that's why I totally believe into the approach that we need to collaborate and that we need to open up and not only within the industry, but cross borders to really serve the market. And if you would go for that formula with 10% or this 10 cents per euro spent, you come up to a um, business potential of 2 billion euros per year on a European level that you could um, um, leverage. And um, there is lots of money everybody can earn with just stepping into that financial well-being um, sector. And we need to come together and to find a standard how we can connect so that we create bigger value change um, um, chains um, and to really serve the people in the best way possible. So for me, it's the only way forward. Yep. Um, and just copying the industry, how it works today, there is a lot that works super well, but it's not scalable any longer. If you see all the latest results, you see that this industry also needs the next yep. step and their own financial well-being. Absolutely. So thanks again to Francisca and Bastian that you took the time. Um, and, for, and maybe first to you, Francisca, where can they reach you if they want to know more about um, fine services? Everybody finds me directly okay. on LinkedIn. Just ping me and I'll write back and we can have a good chat and I can share more details and also the first product. I Perfect. Need. And Bastian, um, a tribe called humans, obviously, on their website and probably LinkedIn as well. Absolutely, yeah. See you there. All right. Great <laughs> All to right be then. with you guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And until, Thank you. Last, until next time, yeah. <laughs> bye bye.